110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want a coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome everybody to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike and I'm John. Today's date is uh, March uh, the 6th, Saturday, March 6th. Um, I can't believe we're already in March. I know. Here we are. Uh, March weather this week. We've had, uh, it's like Ohio is getting into the, it's getting into its March feels. We had a couple 50 degree days. We've had a couple 20 high 20s days. So uh it, i mean the sun's shining today though it's beautiful out there right now yeah so that's been the that's been nice we've actually it's actually been a pretty nice and sunny week it's just we've had some cold days mixed in with some warm days so it's right. like uh it's starting to to get that feel i mean it's pretty much how march goes around here we'll have this will constantly be it for the next several weeks where it's just it doesn't know what it wants and it keeps on changing until Finally, eventually, sometime normally in April, it, that it just rains for two months, and then so. we get a couple months of rain, and then you know in July it becomes like the devil uh, becomes <laughs> hot as hell. Yeah, it's it'll be hot then for July, August, September, and we'll finally get our most pleasant weather in the month of October. That's usually how it works. So yeah, I'm looking usually, forward to that, and that's football season too. Yeah. Usually in October, you get the, the best of spring is in October. And then the first couple of weeks of November, you usually get your fall. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I agree with that. All right. So uh, big show today. Uh, we're going to talk about Ohio State had another another tough loss in basketball against Iowa. We'll start off the show with that. Um, and then we will get into um, we have some talk we want to do about Justin Fields. Uh, it seems like he's not getting a lot of love, which I can't understand. Um, with some of the national guys. Um, and then we'll move into just some general thoughts on spring practice. And then we will, as we said on our last show, we will finish up. We'll talk about running backs. Um, maybe not as interesting as the quarterback competition, but it's still pretty darn interesting because there's a lot of question marks right now in the running back room. Yeah. So. There, there's a lot there. There's a lot there to kind of unpack and take a look at. Yeah. So we'll finish the show up on that. So, uh, Let's uh, just get right into it this week. Um, so Iowa, man, this is another tough loss that they had. Uh, this is now three in a row. Uh, they finish up. They play Illinois tomorrow. Um, that will finish the season. Um, right? It is tomorrow. It's not today. It's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Uh, so they'll finish up the season um, with Illinois, and then you get into the tournament time. So Big Ten tournament will be next week. And then uh, we're pretty much we're a week and a day away from selection Sunday. So uh that's right around the corner i mean how after this last year how just odd but wonderful is it to say that you know that you know it's just you know i was actually before we get into the iowa laws i was like i was thinking about that some too because i got so i got sent home to work from home basically right around this time last year i was i believe it was st patty's day it was uh that monday or tuesday of the week so it's of the tournament week I got sent home and we just like literally just found out that the tournaments were postponed and they were sending us home. I always take off, you know, even though this year it's just going to be Friday because it's, it's the first round is a Friday, Saturday. You know, normally I always take off work Thursday, Friday, 
you know, that's always been like my kind of, you know, some years you've joined me and other years you've not right. been able to. Um, that's just what I do. I like doing it. It's fun. You just sit around all day and watch just crap ton of basketball and it's just awesome. And, you know, you have a couple beverages to yeah, get you by. Get some, yeah, it's a good day. Pizza and wings for lunch and, you know, have uh, some adult beverages and you watch basketball all day for two straight days. And it's just you get to sleep in a little bit. You don't have to get up for work. And I love it. It's a great thing. You know, last year and I was just thinking about being like, man, man, that was, you know, you didn't get that last year. I, I mean, I'm basically coming up on my year anniversary of working from home. So it's just like now it seems like we're getting the tournament. So it's like maybe everything is starting to correct itself. So you hope so. I mean, this is you're right. This is about the year point, though. So because it was. It was the first day of the Big Ten tournament that it all got kind of like canceled, yeah. right? Yep. So pretty much this coming week is when. Uh, yeah. And and at first it was like I think it was the first it was postponed and then it was indefinitely postponed and then it was eventually just outright canceled. It was. Just, I feels like that was all within like two hours. Though. Yeah. Just I mean, it didn't it didn't take very long once the dominoes dominoes started falling. Yeah. So I hope so. I hope it starts correcting itself. Yeah. I mean, I, I everyone, I want you all to be safe out there, but. I'm ready for things to start yeah. going back how they were. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just start with the basketball tournament. If they give us the basketball tournament, then everything, everything. If the basketball tournament starts and baseball season starts on time, then it seems like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're like maybe at least heading into the right direction. Um, all right. So uh, Iowa, again, like we said, tough loss for the Buckeyes. And now, you know, it seems like probably that one seed has completely slipped away from them. I, I would think so at this point. I've said you had to, you know, handle your business, win the games you were supposed to and split Michigan, Iowa. and You've lost three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. The Michigan State loss didn't help in there. Um, maybe that maybe that started maybe they started uh getting that letting that get into their head a little bit i know they'll you know especially when you saw against michigan and then iowa they're just getting dominated on the board so these teams that have a legitimate seven footers yeah are just they're just killing them right now I'm, yeah. yeah i'm not sure i'm not so sure it's that they're uh they were letting things about being a once you get to their head i think they just don't match up well against seven foot that's guys. what i'm thinking about too it's just uh, i mean but i mean there, there's ways you can play seven footers and it's just i don't know that they're just they're just it's just they're letting that guy just dominate them and you know you gotta kind of change it up a little bit and it just it doesn't seem like you know it doesn't seem like Lydell's head is uh i'm trying to think what it was his uh i mean he had 15 points i mean it wasn't a bad game out of him but you know it just it's not his typical game you, there was a couple games in there you know he got into the 20 yeah know, ej liddell's a great i mean player. he's uh one of the i mean arguably one of the top two Buckeye players, you know, you would say him in Washington, I would say that mm -hmm. on the team. So, and you know, when you first Michigan with, uh, it was, what is it Hutchinson? And then there's uh Garza last weekend. I mean, it just, they killed him and just <laughs> complete domination. Well, I mean, if you can't guard the guys in the, you know, the big man in the center, you at least make up for it and guard the guys on the perimeter. So yeah. when you're having trouble staying with any of them, that's going to be bad news. Yeah, and that and that that's just the first problems dealing with um with the big guy. They've had I mean some real severe lapse in defense the the last three games where they were, you know I mean the big guy is the big guy. I mean you everybody has to every, teams like that they're going to have their legitimate dude and you know maybe it's not necessarily you know stopping him. 
just stopping everybody else. Right. And, you yeah. know, I mean, when you think about big time guys, like when you go in, I mean, they're going to get I know theirs. college guys and NBA guys are completely different. But when you think about LeBron, you know, it's, when you're when you're playing LeBron led teams, you know, I mean, I know a lot of times he has another guy there with him, but. You know, LeBron's going to get his, so, right. you know, you do the best you can to limit everybody else to the points you can limit them. And Except what he did in the early 2000s, and then they could all focus on LeBron. Yeah, and then you maybe... LeBron have, like, a 15-point game You can put playoffs. five on one, but, uh, but, you know, it was the same thing, you know, back in the day with the Bulls. I mean, MJ's going to get his, so, I mean, and I know Scottie Pippen's a great player, but there's more you can do against Pippen than you can do against Jordan. Right. So, you know, you, you, you limit it, you do your best to limit everybody right. else. And I, I mean, I know in college, these college guys, these are, uh, it's a lot different thing, but still it's the same philosophy, you know, Garza's going to get his. So just make sure nobody else is getting, make sure it's not easy for anybody else right. to get theirs. I mean, I mean, you do got to make it challenging for Garza to still get his, like you got to give him something in the way to try to stop yeah, exactly because when if, if you're not matching up at all there you you got to shoot lights out then I yeah mean, exactly that, i mean that's all there is to it if you can't even compete with them down low then you got to be able to shoot lights out or stop them from hitting any threes because yeah. then you're just you're dead in the water yeah exactly so it's just it was a tough game i mean so you know they lost 73 57 um i mean they got dominated in the first half the i mean the first half was just it was it was just it kept on getting farther and farther away and then they started off the second half they did, really yeah, really they good did make a comeback. they got it within 10 and like they got it down to single digits and i'm like all right here they're gonna make a run they'll get back into this game and then it was just like they used every ounce of energy for that first 10 minutes of the second half and it was like then they just went off the cliff again and i feel like in college basketball and i haven't been as you know avid of a fan as what i once was but I feel like that's kind of something you you've seen a lot over the years. It's like teams like spend it all just to get back into the game. And then the team that was, you know, crushing them before just runs them over to end the game too. You get kind of like, it's like one of two ways. It's that way you, you see a lot of, and, but then their other way is just that team that was so lights out in the first half becomes just so cold in the second half yep. and you become lights out. And then it's like the to total and, momentum. Swing and then, then it's like, by the end of the game, like you, a lot of times you went, the team in the second half ends up winning that game right. or at least, you know, gets it really close. But it was in that first instance, that's what this was. It was just that they spent, every ounce of energy was just to get it to where they needed to get it to. And then, but they couldn't compete in that last second, last 10 minutes of that second half. And, you know, Iowa pushed it back out, um, had a couple of big threes in there. Guards just started heating up again. And, you know, yeah. that, that was just, that was that. And, uh, not a put good them out, put them out of, put them away. Yeah. Not a great week, but I mean, look at it. You played a great team the weekend before. I mean, even though Michigan, Michigan state is surging right now, no. but, they got it's an Izzo team. They're always going to be physical, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna test you, they're always gonna be physical, they're gonna be tough. And then you had another good team at the end of the week. So it was a very it was a very hard stretch for a week. Of course, you know, come playoff time though, you're gonna get that. Yeah. So you you gotta be ready to deal with it. Yeah, and this is honestly, this would be the type of schedule you kinda you'd almost think you'd want to finish with this type of schedule. I mean, I know Michigan State isn't the Michigan State of old, but and, when you think how good Illinois is doing this year. So if you have a, your, your end of year stretch is Michigan, Michigan state, Iowa, Illinois, and that's your final four games to get into the tournament. I mean, you should relish something like that. Yeah. It's, 
that's a tough stretch. But I mean, if you can go two and two in a stretch like that, that, that at least gets you ready to play right. uh tournament level basketball. And, you know, I mean, they looked phenomenal in my opinion against Michigan, Michigan tight, so. you know, and their front court defense pushed it away from them at the end of the game. But it was a back and forth game for most of the game there. You know, this was not that. And no, yeah, that's agreed that they just Michigan. They did look good. I mean, they got to a point where they just, you know, they couldn't do what they needed to do to beat Michigan and Michigan. Just there was no answer for Hutchinson down low. So if that's going to again be the situation, you got to guard the guys on the outside, too. Yeah. And I mean, Michigan If Michigan shot the way they did in the first half in the second half. They would have won by a hell of a lot more. Yeah, exactly. That's true too. And um, so I mean, tough loss in here. Um, I'd like to let's, let's get some good momentum going into the tournament and beat Illinois tomorrow. I think if they could do that, you know, at least that they start feeling good about right. themselves again. And uh, you know, and Illinois needs the win right now. And this is all about seeding to them. They could push for uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. first seed with how good they've been. I mean, so I mean that you know it's an important game and how they finish in the tournament's important so you know we'll see what happens uh again i love this i mean i love this time of year i mean nothing's better than just fall because that's football season i love the nfl i love college you know i watch the browns and the buckeyes and you know we have four tvs you know around us right now that were you know i have we have games on everywhere that you know college football saturday is great you know nfl sunday is pretty freaking fun too and it's just those are good weekends but this time of year it's just something different i mean you got just it's like all the because you got also you got the free agency period and the combine and spring practice so it's literally you got all your sports kind of converging on each other and so you know hockey and uh the nba are both you know pushing for you know you're getting into getting close to playoff time for those sports baseball is right around the corner you know where spring uh spring training's already begun and then you got March Madness. And then, uh, so I love this time of year. So, I mean, yeah. th- and that was one of the hardest things about last spring is just that this time of year is one of the, one of the two, in my opinion, and it's like this time of the year and right in early fall when you have uh baseball finishing up and football starting and you got the, uh, you know, basketball and NHL is just getting ready to come back. So it's like those September, October, and this time of year are to me are the two best uh, sports times of the year. Yeah. And so that, and that's what kind of sucked about last year is that really sucked about last year is just that. So I, I'm really looking forward to this. I love watching March madness and, and watching right. some of these other, the other sports that go along for this time of year too. So um looking forward to the start of the tournament. I hope the Buckeyes, I love to see them win tomorrow. Um, finish strong in the big 10 tournament and then make a good run in the NCAAs and see, just see where the chips fall. Yeah. I think, I mean, most important thing, of course, you know, I want to see a win against Illinois, get things back on track, but you got to keep your head up. You got to be able to respond to these punches. Even if you lose again tomorrow, you're not going to be knocked out of the turn. So, you know, at least show well in the big 10 tournament. If you do lose tomorrow again, hopefully you don't. And then just get your head back up and do what you have to do in the tournament, make a good run in there. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's all we can really expect when it comes to basketball. It's not like football. It's not like you're not just expecting a national title or it's not national title or bus. It's pretty much like final four is an amazing year in basketball. Cause yeah. I mean, anything can happen. You play so many teams to get there. So just 
finish strong. I mean, that's it. Just, you know, don't leave it all on the court, of course. And like I said, respond to the punches being thrown real quick before we move to the other thing, though, what you were saying about how like last year, you know, how it was just terrible when everything was canceled. I remember, I think it was an Indians versus Pirates game. It was their expedition game. And um, Katie asked me to feed Jackson. And I saw that that game was on. So I took his high chair out to the TV room with me. It's just like, what are you doing? I'm like, I could cry right now. I'm watching live sports. Like this is one of the happiest moments of my life. Yeah. Like an expedition baseball game, <laughs> exhibition baseball game. That's, that's how happy I was to be able to watch that. Yeah. So. I think he was happy to be fed in front of the TV too. <laughs> Yeah, so no, so yeah, that's uh, like I said, um, and we'll start here talking about the Justin Fields stuff. Um, but definitely looking forward to, you know, our typical march here. I mean, Lisa, I mean, I know there won't be as many fans in the stands. It's not going to be all around the country like it normally is. It's all going to be in the state of Indiana. Um, but yeah, it's, it's March basketball, and you know, they're, they're gonna crown a national championship at the end of it. So, we're gonna get three awesome weeks of basketball here, and uh, right, you know, and then a champion at the end of it. So, that's that's cool to me, very cool, very welcomed. And just real quick before we go into the next thing, because you had said the combine also. So, I do think we need to mention that Ohio State did have 14 invitees to the yeah. NFL combine. Of course, it's not gonna be like how it you know normally is, still everything going on with COVID, but um. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for if I were to say two guys, I'm really looking to have a excellent combine. I think Tommy Togiai is going to, you know, show out. And I think uh, Baron Browning is going to get him, make himself some money, too. Yeah, I, I actually agree with both. Um, I <clears throat> I don't know how much is. Um, uh, I'm assuming Fields, Fields is going to Fields is invited. So um, I, I don't I mean, I don't know, I don't what, know how much they're going to show yeah. and stuff, you know, going into now field. So. You sent me this thing the other day. Um, it was from uh, Chris Sims, and I forget who the sixth guy was, but so I remember. So his uh, his top six quarterback. So first of all, right off the beginning, Zach Wilson over uh, uh, Trevor. So that's your top two, and then uh, Mac Jones is three, and then Kellen Mott, and then you get Justin Fields. So is Is that how it went? Yeah, I thought. So Mon wasn't in front of Mac Jones. No, okay. Mon is four, and then uh, Fields is five. So, literally, Trey, Trey Lance is six. Okay, yeah, it's Trey Lance. Um, but I Trey first of all, Trevor is the best quarterback in this draft. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, and I, I mean, we've went back and forth on that, you know, for a couple years, and we've said that we think Justin's comparable to Trevor Lawrence. That Justin's played better, you know, and the head head up games, but. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is the most complete quarterback in this draft. He is the best one. Yeah. Um, I will argue, I mean, I I didn't I'm not gonna say I watched a bunch of B I know BYU was on it seemed like more than anybody else this year because they actually went out they and tried played to find, right. to find, they, <laughs> they had, wanted to play. Sometimes they had a scratch and bite and define games, but they found them and right. you know, so they had a very uh, interesting schedule. But I know I know he was on a lot, but I didn't watch a lot. There was uh of him uh so I, I'm not going to say that I know a whole bunch about him. I just, I mean, is he a top two quarterback? I mean, well, he looked really, I mean, he did look really good. He's athletic. Um, he can make the throws. But he played, I mean, they play crap competition, though. The hardest game he had was Coastal Carolina, and he did not do that well against them. Yeah. And people, and I've read, like, I was looking at, like, the you know, the comparisons over the years between him and Justin Fields. 
And people are saying, well, you know, Justin Fields has all this talent around him. Zach Wilson doesn't. So he, you know, he has all these, he plays better teams, but he doesn't have the guys that can match up like Ohio State does. So it's not really fair. And I can respect that to some degree, but when your hardest competition's in front of you and you play your worst games by far, and I know Justin Fields ended, you know, ended his career with not the best performance against Alabama, but he had a hell of a game against Clemson. Yeah. Who still has NFL talent all over that defense, whether or not, you know, they had things going for them or not. But that's like Zach Wilson didn't do well against Coastal Carolina. Justin Fields would not struggle against Coastal Carolina. No. Justin Fields would light Coastal Carolina up. Like if Ohio State played Coastal Carolina in a bowl game, any other situation, they would have beat them by 40 points. Yeah. Well, and I have no doubt about that. Oh, there's different times I said this year where, you know, when Coastal Carolina was looking for games and BYU was looking for games. Just play them. Like, play them. Play them and beat them. Show, I mean, like, everyone's, oh, you guys could be, be like, absolutely we could. Yeah. We would destroy them. Yeah, we would, wouldn't even be close. They would, because, I mean, BYU doesn't know that type of talent. They've never, they, they don't play teams like that. I and, mean, I just don't imagine where they would have kept the game close against Ohio State. Either uh, one of those two teams. You know, so I, I my opinion, Trevor is, Trevor's number one. I don't know enough about Zach Wilson, but I'm to me, I'm arguing between Justin and Mac for two and three. I and just I feel like if you think anyone else is above Justin Fields for number two, I just think you need your head examined. And I agree. I, I I would personally I would put two. Now I don't know how much of that is just my bias being in that, but I think Mac Jones is fine at number three. And I, the one thing I would argue does Mac Jones deserve to? And I mean, do you really think? Did he do enough by himself to play himself into the first round for a quarter, like in the NFL draft? Well, I mean, that goes back. I understand to, the guy makes quick decisions, and he but, has, but he has a lot of talent. And that's where the one thing that sometimes hurts when the scouting process is if you do have good talent around you, which he does, you know, that blends stuff. So, well, yeah, amazing we're, talent. We're not going to we're not going to know more about him until we see him in the league. Right. And, you know, but every year you get a quarterback like that where you know, they get a lot of talent around him, and he looks phenomenal. And then you have that debate, you know, it's the Ken Dorsey thing that, you know, know, is he really that good? Or is he just has, you know, all world talent around him? Or is it some mixture of the two of them? So that's where I'm at is I don't think like he, I don't think Mac Jones watching them. I don't think he belongs in the conversation above Justin Fields either. Yeah. So I I would say Trevor, Justin, Mac Jones. So I would, I'm willing to put Mac Jones above, you know, Mond and Wilson. Uh, well, what Mond. the hell is Kellen Mond on that list for? Like, just, I think that guy had all the talent. Now, you know, I will say this, for, but he I, never did anything with it. I am not going to say I watched Texas A&M's whole season, but I actually did watch, you know, four games, uh, at least four games. I mean, I watched them play Alabama. I watched them play UNC. I watched them play Florida. I watched, and there's, I'm pretty sure I watched them play LSU and there was at least another, there might be another game in there. They were on, I watched them play at different times this year because there was especially coming down the stretch where that whole debate, you know, should they get in Ohio state? I actually watched them a couple of times and, you know, against some of these games and I didn't, I didn't see anything that Kellen Mond showed me that had been like, no, they, all, they were a good running team that he's better Not than him. Justin Fields. I'm like, Justin Fields is a much better arm than him. He's better, you know, better finding open receivers. I mean, I think he's a better athlete. And the one thing that maybe hurts fields is sometimes he holds on to the ball too long and maybe he's, uh, can be a step behind on making a quick decision. Um, 
I didn't see anything from Mond that said right, that, that he, said that he does do this. He does those better, right? So. Exactly. No, I I completely agree. I don't even know. I don't know why Kalamon would even be in the discussion because I I haven't seen anything from him that would yeah. make me think that you know he's better than Justin Fields, even in the same category as Justin Fields. Justin Fields has a better arm than him. He's a faster quarterback. Like you said, maybe Reeds. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see. I was never that impressed with Kalamon. The the most impressed I was with Kalamon was three years ago when he almost beat Clemson. Yeah. And it's all been downhill since then. Yeah. And that's, I remember that game too. And I, you know, yeah, he very easily could have beat Clemson that game, but he didn't. He made mistakes uh, different times in that game. But Is he the one that fumbles at the end of it? I think so. I don't, I don't remember. I know someone fumbles going for the pylon. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know where that was. That was like way to say that out of these six quarterbacks, Justin Fields is number five. It's like, you know, it's asinine. It's just Kellen Mons in front of him. Yeah, no. (laughs) Right. I know. I mean, maybe like, um, is there a stud like sophomore that's not eligible yet that you're like, Oh, if this guy was eligible, he'd be in front of Justin Fields. Like, I I mean, it would be a ridiculous comment to make, but I could understand that. But like Kellen Mond is ahead of Justin. Kellen Mond's not getting drafted in front of Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of them outside of Trevor Lawrence are getting drafted in front of Justin Fields. No, and I agree with that. I think, uh, I mean, I could see Justin going three just because there's always a team that comes up there, you know, it's, uh, falls in love with a guy, falls and, in love with a guy. And, you know, and sometimes that works out with them for them. And sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you, you know, with the, when you, it seems like the bills made the right decision, you know, they fell in love with, uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, sure. um, you know, and then the Giants with what's his face, you know, they fell in love with. Uh, so, you know, yeah, but he's not doing that well. The kid from Duke. Yeah. So, I mean, he's had games where he's OK and games where he's not been OK. So it's like, but that's, again, another position he's, where he's not like they never expected him to go yeah. where um, in front of the, some of the guys that he went in front of. But, you know, the Giants liked him and they chose him. So. Outside of a maturity aspect, he's nowhere like he's not miles above Dwayne Haskins. That, yeah. Everyone thought that that was a no-brainer for them to take him over Dwayne. Yeah. Um, before we get into the spring stuff, um, just on your general, just general thoughts since we're talking about these quarterbacks. Where are we? I mean, we've had some decent um, quarterback drafts over the last couple of years. I mean, probably the big one that comes to mind is the, you know the Baker, uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen, and Lamar draft um, with you know was it Rosenfield Rosen Rosen, Rosen and um Doc Darnold Darnold um, the, the can't miss guys yeah. that have been the worst out of yeah. all of them yeah. um where which you I don't know if that's fair to Darnold I mean that's a dumpster fire and then you had um Mahomes and Deshaun or are they the same draft or that's um yeah there's another one in, isn't there another guy in there though yeah I don't remember who uh, am I missing Yes, but they are the same draft. Yes. So where, where do you think? Oh, that's a Trubisky's draft too. Um, oh yeah, that that well, there there you go. They fell in love with the guy. Yeah, yeah. Pick Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, there you go. You so, had ev- everything to tell you that these guys were better than him, staring you right in the face, but you fell in love with the guy because he could make quick decisions or whatever it was for Mitch. Yeah. And what happened? Exactly. Um. So I don't think I mean I don't think this draft is 1984 by any stretch, but no, uh, this isn't like the greatest quarterback class but ever. Where do you think? Where I mean, how many? I mean, I th- I could see three or four of these guys in the first round, just depending on who really needs quarterbacks, who doesn't. Um, usually, when two of them go, you'll start seeing a run on at least one or two more, yeah. just because 
teams that do need quarterbacks start getting scared and um, they just draft them. I mean, I'm interested to see Mac Jones, what he can do in front of, you know, talent evaluators when he's by himself, not on the field with, you know, all the great stars at Alabama, if he can convince these guys to draft him in the first round. That's where I'm interested at because athletically, I don't think the guy is a first round quarterback. Uh, I know Tom Brady's still winning Super Bowl rings. We saw it this year, but definitely had a lot of help around him as well. So I think the league is trending in a different direction than that quarterback. And I'm not sure Mac Jones is going to translate well. I'm not sure Mac Jones is going to prove to people when he has to actually practice in front of them that he's going to be worth the first round pick. The question, um, the question I have on Mac is he good enough in his, I mean, the guy is a statue now. Ohio State didn't come at him with any great pressure whatsoever. So no. um, is he good enough in pre-snap decision-making and with his audibles and everything else, like Peyton Manning was, who was also a statue, is he good enough as Peyton was to make decisions quick enough that it pretty much negates the pass rush? I mean, yeah, sure. Peyton, Peyton was, I mean, what made Peyton so great? And again, the quarterback level was different at that time period when he came into, but you know, you still had great defensive ends and great linebackers coming at you. And Peyton negated a lot of that just because he, he was a smart guy. He understood uh, where, you know, he was, uh, where the pressure was coming from. I mean, Peyton probably understood defense better than a lot of defensive well, I mean, defensive players yeah. because, I mean, he studied it so much. He's a much. student in the game. I mean, his dad was, you know, NFL quarterback. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting because if Mac Jones can – replicate that i'm not saying be peyton manning but if he can re replicate that and you know tom brady was you know same thing you know tom maybe had a little stronger arm than peyton at different things but you know as tom has gotten a little older and has gotten in that mid stretch when the patriots started winning super bowls again he started doing a lot more necessarily with his brain than even in those early super bowls yeah, where sure. you know where new england had a different offense it was a more run oriented offense and you know you had some good outside receivers. Yeah, I, I don't want to call him a game manager then, but I mean, a lot of that was also predicated on how well their defense did. And they had different defenses then. Right. But Tom, again, he got smart. You know, he's a smart quarterback. He understands defenses pretty well. He, I mean, there's nothing you can throw at him that he hasn't seen. Well, so. I mean, the guy's been around the league for, you know, 50 years so now. Can Mac Jones, can he replicate to a, not maybe get to their level, but can he replicate what they do good? to do good to be able to succeed in the league and i think that's what it comes down to yeah i mean i agree i just i don't know if he has it or not and i'm not saying he doesn't have it like i'm not standing here today saying mac jones isn't a number or a first round quarterback he's not gonna get in there i think mac jones is gonna be a first round quarterback yeah i think he you know he has prototypical size he showed that he can make quick decisions when that offense i mean when jalen waddle leaves that offense it it changed i mean it was going that way anyways but it was all turned to you know quick decisions, pre-snap motions, you know, getting the ball out as quickly as you can and seeing what you can do in space. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll talk more about some of this stuff once we actually get closer to the draft. Cause I, I actually kind of want to do a, a segment or two, maybe in an episode or two where we talk about maybe, I mean, I like to maybe break down Urban's thought processes when he, we get up towards the draft time. It's gotta be Trevor Lawrence. Everybody right? thinks it's Trevor Lawrence, but you know, Urban, Urban at times is a different dude and he thinks about different things. And I just, so, I mean, Trevor Lawrence can make the throws. Trevor Lawrence can run the ball, which urban loves. I mean, hopefully he doesn't run Trevor Lawrence. Like he ran quarterbacks in college 
my knock on Trevor though is when you know the lights got the brightest, the pressure came on when you were down in games, he made bad throws. Yeah. And and I know everybody when they play better competition, they they play worse. I mean, it's just how it is. You know, it's not I can't think of one guy like you had the best defense ever lined up against you or the best defense playing that season lined up against you and you did better than what you normally do. Like that's not a thing. Like you are going to be challenged more. You play worse. It's just, that's how football is. But Trevor's game dropped off so significantly and the two playoff games to Ohio state and the national title loss to LSU. Yeah. When he got down and he was playing better competition, like he didn't look that good. Yeah, exactly. At least playing his game. Now he did things that Ohio State wasn't prepared for, like running a sixty-yard <laughs> touchdown on them. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, we'll talk more about that. I mean, the one thing I, I think the one thing that is interesting, I do think Trevor is the pick, but I'm kind of interesting how Urban how he views Justin because he's been around. I granted, I know he didn't never coach Justin here at Ohio State, but Urban's been heavily around ohio state's program since he's retired well i know so. i i'm i'm sure i can almost promise you ryan day is uh in urban's ear trying to make justin the number one pick of the draft yeah, but so i'm not sure that's gonna happen yeah we'll see we'll see because we'll see urban's if urban th- thinks he sees something out of justin just because he's been around justin more than expert sees around him i could see justin being the top pick yeah all right, so spring practice. Um, we're just going to get into some general thoughts right now, just because uh, spring practice is going to start next week. We'll get into some more specifics as uh, we go on, and, and then we'll lead this into our discussion on running backs, and uh, we'll do that a little bit every week too. Where we're going to break down, I think a, a group. I think next week we'll do receivers. Um, but so just on spring practice, uh, just uh, what are your general thoughts? What do you want to see? Um, just what do you want to see? You know, where you think things are going to go? It's nice to see that they'll be on the field. Well, what I want to see, and I think, I don't think I'm actually going to get to see this until football, you know, the actual season starts. What I want to see though, is the mindset of these coaches, the mentality of these players. When Ohio state lost to Clemson to end the 19 season, it was a no brainer. They had revenge on their minds. They were the better team in that game. I mean, you could say Ohio state really, you know, Clemson, started shutting them down in the second half of that game. Of course, that kind of goes in line with J.K. Dobbins hurting his ankle. Um, but, you know, Clemson did some things that confused them, but Ohio State was the better team in that game for most of the game, and they got a very, I don't want to say unlucky break because there were a lot of breakdowns on Ohio State's defense that caused them to lose that game. There were a lot of breakdowns, a lot of uh, too much credit being given to Brett Venable's defense that they didn't attack that defense more in the red zone, that they settled for field goals. So there's definitely some coaching issues, some defensive breakdowns, but they came back and they kicked the crap out of Clemson this year because you could tell they knew they were the better game or the better team and they got their revenge. That's what they played for. That's what they wanted. Now to end this year, Ohio state got thoroughly like beaten. And I, and I know they could have played a much closer game than what they did, but they didn't. They got beat bad in a national title game to end their season I want to see how they respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see how they respond to, um, you know, some of these guys that are coming back, you know, what's their motivations to come back? Is this uh, because they want to win national championship or is it because they think that they can get a higher draft pick? Right. And does maybe, is that necessarily a bad motivation if getting a higher draft pick helps them 
get a national championship. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. So. I know it's, it's just, there's so much, I mean, do you want like to go individual, like position groups, what we're looking for? Or, we'll Cause get, I know we're going to talk about that. We'll stuff. get more into specifics. I know we're going to talk specifically, like I said, in a spe- I'd like to do a position group a week, you know, especially these ones that I like, you know, when you think about, you know, receivers are a big one. Um, I'm not, I don't know how much I think gonna, the line's going to be huge offensive I wanna, line. I want to talk a little more about offensive line, but right now I'm just thinking about, you know, I mean, we know they've done some winter workouts. Now it's uh, and you know, everything we're hearing, they're looking really good winter workouts. And, well, I, I hear some the, of the freshmen fr- that came in. I mean, and that's just to me, and I'm sorry to cut you off, like the evolution of the mindset of these kids that, you know, they're ready to compete early. Like we're not talking about they're competing in June when they're getting on campus. They're competing after, right after their high school football season. I mean, the fact that what goes into these guys' minds now, it's like a, when I was 17, I mean, I wasn't, you know. Well, I, well, I mean, it's just, and I was just thinking about that too, as you said, is that, I mean, it's just the mindset that's changed. I mean, we're not, I mean, we're mid to upper thirties, you know, us, you know, yeah, and, uh, you know, I graduated high school in 02. You graduated in 04. We're going to give out our real ages, uh, man. <laughs> Neither one of us are at 40 yet. I'm, I'm the closest. So, uh, uh, but, you know, I mean, maybe there was a couple guys. Maybe there was like one, two, three guys that would come in early, you know, but now it's like they all come in early but they weren't like you weren't looking at them coming in early and like hey they could be a starter next fall or they're going to get serious reps next fall and these guys outside of your offensive linemen like that's how they're talked about it's like they're going to get real playing time that they're just impressing everyone that physically they're already ready for this yeah so yeah that's just i mean we've heard good things about sawyer we've heard good things about ballard we've heard uh good things about henderson's out there harrison uh, jr mccord i mean all these guys are all of them that you're starting to hear some which is great i mean it's they're still going to be it'll be interesting to see how easy it is to get on some of the field because i mean you got some big time players in front of you well you know? and who do they got coming in the summer what's his name donvin jackson the guard yeah five-star guard from texas right yep yeah. so i mean it'll be interesting how some of that goes. So I, I mean, I'm just looking, I'm, I'm just glad we're here. It's nice to know that they're going to get onto the field and there doesn't seem like, you know, did they actually physically at least the, did they make it on the field last year or was it just, it was completely, they got like two practices in, didn't they, before they got completely pulled? Yeah. Well, cause master Teague hurts his Achilles in yes. one of the spring practices. So they, they're there for a couple of days. Okay. So, but the, there was that cloud hanging. There was the, the, the cloud was hanging over everybody's head. I mean, everybody had a feeling that everything was the, the rug was going to get pulled out from underneath them. Right. I mean, it was just seemed like it was uh, the domino effect was already beginning and it was just a matter of time. This seems completely opposite. I mean, you still have COVID out there, but it just seems like, now the focus everybody's focus is that it's now more about getting back and you know yeah. and, and across all these leagues and it just you you just you don't have that cloud hanging over it anymore you might have to you know be more there might be different uh safety measures you have to do than you've had to do in past springs but you know that's a completely different issue so as they're always getting on the field they're getting working the coaches can actually kind of put in 
instead of trying to rush everything to get a not only have to get a season in but you got to put a game plan in and try to get uh you know your schemes and you know we can actually build a scheme and get schemes and have yeah, yeah, I think identity to what we're going to do this year right. and then worry about you know actually in the actually in the summer worrying about who your starters are going to end up being and who uh your uh what your game plans are going to be and not have to try to do everything at once so. yeah so yeah i agree so i i mean into the, i'm there's a lot of position groups that I'm very interested in to see how it shakes out. And I can't wait for you and I to talk about them. So I will say just to give a teaser or, you know, a feeler out there for a future episode that I'm very excited to talk about the offensive lineman. Yeah. I agree with that. I think there's a lot of shakeups that actually could happen on that offensive line that people don't think right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, and maybe we'll, uh, Maybe here in the next couple of weeks, we'll maybe uh, we'll do uh, maybe we'll do a couple of weeks where we do double episodes where we'll do maybe a week episode again. Um, yeah. You know, where maybe we'll do that is uh, if we can't do it in studio, we'll do a Skype episode just to maybe talk about. Uh, so that way we can at least get through all the position groups that yeah. we really want to talk about, because, I mean, there's a lot of things. There's some interesting things in the defensive line there's a lot of interesting stuff with linebackers you know well, the secondary so i mean it's not just the offensive side of the ball there's a lot on the defensive side right. of the ball too so yeah there's definitely a lot you know I, who's replacing tommy togia who's replacing sean wade like these are all questions that need answered you know we were you know we're going to talk about here in the next episode coming up we're going to talk about receivers and you know a lot of people i think out there are probably thinking well what's there to talk about receivers you know <laughs> you, you got uh uh garrett wilson and um <sighs> Chris Olave? Olave, sorry. It was, it was like right there on the tip of my tongue. You got Olave and Wilson coming back. CO2, the Chris Olave. He came back for us. Yeah, I mean, you that's my uh, old mind. Uh, not at 40 yet. Uh, starting to, sometimes uh, it gets me. Um, but, you know, you have those guys, you know, so you people are thinking, what's there really to talking about with receivers? I mean, have you seen some of the guys that they're bringing in? These guys, right. some of these guys are ready to play. They're I ready mean, to get on the field now. I mean, you know, I mean, we saw some stuff from, you know, Smith and Najiba from last year and from Fleming last year that, I mean, now they're a year older and, you know, they want to make a name for themselves. Well, Julian and, Fleming already came in looking like a grown man, like Emeka Abuka. I know he's not as like tall as Julian Fleming, but that he's a thick dude like he looks like a grown man like yeah. they're ready to play now these, yeah. no, these number one receivers coming in they're ready to see the field yeah so that, that'll be a nice discussion next week but uh we talked about this week we were going to talk about running back so let's get into the running back discussion so to me where there's really interesting this is the same thing with quarterbacks is this there's just not a lot of i mean teague he has not really gotten a lot of, you know, he's had some injuries, injuries to deal with over his career. Yeah. Um, you know, he was never JK. So JK, you know, last year that was, he was not really fair. I mean, yeah, but he, <laughs> who was JK. And then, you know, this year, you know, Trey ended up passing him for, you know, because he was closer to JK in he, a lot of ways. So. Do you ever like stop and think to yourself, like, was JK Dobbins actually better than Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, there's a lot of things JK did that I liked, but I don't think he, I think Zeke could do most of it, but Zeke was a more explosive player. Yeah. Um, Zeke was a better um, when, when Zeke 
broke. There was only one or two times. I and I can think of a lot more times for JK. Um, except that fight last several games. Um, when Jay, when Zeke would break a, a line, Zeke was gone. And, you know, I mean, there was very, uh, but JK had better vision, like at the line that he could get himself six yards, you know, than yeah. something that wasn't there. It, I mean, it's a good discussion. I mean, they're both um, phenomenal running backs. Um, so maybe we can eat maybe yeah maybe one of these shows will have a debate on yeah. who is better i mean i think it's zeke uh, I, I do i think just that's who a- i'm athletically i think you have to give him you know a heads up but dobbins did so much though. yeah that, i mean that's where i'm leaning to is zeke but uh there's also a lot of uh there's a lot of bias that I have maybe towards the 2014 season. Well, you did end with a national title. When you think about that run, how great those final three games are, it's just hard to compare and put that against anybody else because just, I mean, he he was just a different beast. He has two 50 plus yard plays against Alabama. Yeah. Um, so back to the running back. So Teague's coming back. We know that he's in a graduate program. Um, then you got uh, Crowley, Steele, and Mayan. They're all coming back. You know, Mayan was a freshman last year. Um, didn't see a lot of playing time, but the couple that series he got in against Clemson is really uh, reminiscent with a lot of people because he looked like a, a bowling ball running over pins. And yeah, that's well, yeah. And you got two really highly talented um, freshman running backs yeah. coming in too. So the question is, does now everybody thinks Henderson and I agree with this. I mean, I, I, I like what prior can end up becoming. Um, I think there's a spot in Ryan day's offense where, uh, where prior could be a phenomenal player in that. I don't know if he is an every down back at this level, like, uh, what I think Henderson could be. Yeah. I think Henderson is the next real deal and a long line of great Ohio state running backs. So can he Crowley um, steal and uh, Maya hold him off to possibly taking the starting position this year? Um, yes, but this is what I see. And this is where I think Ohio state's heading. I do think there is a, a world. I think there's a, there's room to have a four running back room. I do. I don't think there's room for a five running back. So somebody is the odd man out with all this, which I'll, you know, we can go into that a little bit further. Um, Henderson is coming in as probably the highest rated running back we've had since Beanie Wells skill wise, even though, you know, we just had this conversation, probably the best we've had since Ezekiel Elliott coming in on campus. So he's got a ton going for him. If this was, 15, 20 years ago, he would have been the number one, number two player in the country. Yeah. He's that good. Um, he was not undersized. I think he, you know, coming into his senior year, I think he was at 195, 200 pounds. I know he's on the plus side of 200 now, and I don't think it's bad fat that he has on him. And a winter, spring, summer with Mick is going to turn that yeah. all around. And you know, he hasn't lost that much quickness by gaining 10 In the pounds. old days when you would have you know you're as a freshman you'd be coming on in the summer you know yeah he might have had bad fat on him but right. you know coming in right now he doesn't have bad fat on him and 
Mick's going to have a lot of opportunities to work on him. So even if he had a little bad fat coming on him, it's not going to be around for much longer. So we'll, we'll start with him. Um, I know, I think his last year of high school football, he had, it was something ridiculous. He had like 2,500 rushing yards. They get 46 rushing touchdowns. No, I mean, kids are free. He, if you watch his highlight films, I mean, it, it'll be separate plays too. You can watch 10 straight minutes of him having non-touch touchdowns. Like, it's insanity to watch how good he is. He has vision. He has quickness. He has lateral movement. He seems to be pretty damn strong. Like, I don't, um, I think I said quickness, but <laughs> top end speed is insane. So he's going to be pushing for some serious time right away. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't think he's coming into game one as the start, but he's pushing for some serious looks right away. Yeah. Um, and where you said, you know, 15 years ago, he would have been the maybe one or two guys. And, uh, they, you know, that's not just us, you know, blowing smoke here. I mean, what Wolf, Fong from, uh, 247, you know, the, you know, he's, you know, basically the recruiting director there, you know, he even said, I mean, when on uh, early signing day, um, he was, I believe he Bucknuts interviewed him. Cause you know, they're the ones that are, um, uh, aligned with 247 sports. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they're the ones that interviewed him, but you know, he said that I think we was on with Biddle on their one of their podcasts. I mean, he said on there that, uh, you know, he would have been, you know, they actually had debates now <laughs> about possibly making him as the top player in yeah. the country. And, you know, it's just, but it's just the only reason why they didn't is because it's a different time. And, you well, know, I mean, you're going to get, you know, and anymore, why you're talking receivers, quarterbacks, or one of the outside on the line, depending on, you know, offensive tack or defensive end. So. Yeah. That stuff's that's how I mean that's just how the game is now. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean if this was uh if this like you said, this was fifteen years ago, this is arguably, you know, their third uh number one running back in the country, possibly number one player in the country. I mean, Claret and Beanie Wells were right there when right. they were you know, when they came into Columbus, you know. And I mean he would he's in that he's in that group. And I think, think I think he does have a real opportunity to make as immediate an impact as both of those guys did. Yeah. I, I agree. And uh, you know, part of me, uh, I, I know we've had this debate. Uh, you're more on the um do you think that yeah he won't he could be the starter by the end of the year i'm more on the debate i think he'd be the starter game one i think he could prove himself early now i'm not saying there's these guys in front of him aren't good but you know i think you know i think the coaches are have never been completely sold on teague and there's some limits that Teague has and, and some of the limits are on the coaches too they don't run an offense that just is conducive to him at times and um well, I, I think Master Teague, a lot of the issues with him have been that he has not been healthy. Um, but, and, you know, I follow his dad on Twitter, I think. I mean, it seems like he comes from a great family. Oh, he, he does. He seems like he's he, a great kid. So I'm I'm going to try, like, I don't want to phrase this in a way that's disrespectful because I think Master Teague seems like a wonderful young man. Obviously, you know, the kid athletically, he's a workout warrior. You can tell. I mean, that he just looks like a different dude on the field straight line speed he seems fast enough to do it master where he i just don't think he's ever developed that lateral vision that he can see where you know what's opening up that i can go this way and go get 20 yards instead of running into this guy for four yards and picking up a no. first down so i think that's a lot of the issue with master is and again i think he just he trusts his strength he trusts his speed and he's 
such a bright young man. He knows exactly where he's supposed to be, but he doesn't have that improv, you know, the part to improvise where I can go once things open up behind him. The play that he always runs so well and, um, I never understand why Ohio State doesn't run it with it's that Zeke play where, you know, he uh they run him off tackle. Off tackle, yeah. And he because he can get his vision quick up to the cause right. all you're doing looking for is just that one hole off the tackle. Get a body on the line, get a body on the linebacker, and that guy can make some plays. Yeah, and he's always done good. And I don't and another play I wish they would run more with him. And I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry, but that that quick toss sweep they we used to run in Alabama and Tennessee has adapted it too. Because where it's just trying to think short side of the field or I think it's one of but it's that play that I know what you're talking about ran all over Ohio State in that playoff game where it's just a quick toss and he just where he can get he's no he's just going he knows where he's going right away right and he's not and you're making a lot of decisions and you're forcing people to tackle like try to tackle his thighs and that's not going to be easy yeah and I've always thought I mean that would be a perfect play for him because he I've always said he reminds me when he is running at his best, he reminds me more like a Derrick Henry than anything else. It's just, he's a big dude that when he gets going in a certain way, he's just almost impossible to take down. So it's just run him. And that's where sometimes I think Ohio state's kind of let him down is that sometimes you got to run plays that, you know, compliments your players too. And, you know, and you you can't always make your players fit into what you want. You got to figure out ways to make them, you know, get them the, the ball where they are, where they will excel at it. And I, so, yeah, I, there, he has some deficiencies in some of this stuff, but, and I wish he could do some of those things a little bit better, but there's also, I think plays that they could have ran with him that would have just made his strengths look a lot better. Well, I agree. And I, but I also think master, you know, it, I would love to see him try to run away from guys too. I think he he does he tries to initiate contact way too much. Like if you see a safety, you know, if that safety's stopping you from the end zone and he's seven yards downfield, like try to get around the guy. Like, yeah, exactly. You don't have to. You don't have to hit him. I know you're bigger and stronger than and just, him, but you don't have and to. Just because you him. can, and just because you could couldn't run him over, that guy is going to slow you down enough that somebody someone gonna, else can get you. Can get you, or you're doing trip over. Unless that. you're planning on picking him up, and like we saw Beanie the one time do against Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin and yeah. actually run him into the end zone with you. And I you still know, love that play. <laughs> uh, you know that's not gonna uh, like you know. I mean, yeah, exactly. Try to try to beat him and you know and then if he gets to you he gets to you but you know try to get to the end zone right you, know, you don't have to run into him i mean i know you like i mean i know you must like the physicality of football sure. but you know the, the goal is still to score touchdown so and that's just that's where my concerns are still with masters i don't think that how Ohio State runs their game and what his vision is. I still don't think Masters realistically, if he's a starting running back, that he's more than, you know, a four yard to carry guy. No, it's definitely odd. He's great on the yeah. end zone, though. He's exactly. great on the goal line. Um, it's definitely obvious to us. And that's where I think he could where I could see Henderson, I could see Henderson and Teague being a one two combination where it's, you know, let I can see Trevon being the starter, but Teague being your uh, bulldozer when you get down and that you're in the goal to go and, you know, let him run somebody over yeah. to score six. Um, because, I, and I don't think Master Teague's going anywhere. He's a graduate student now. You know, whether he starts or not, he's staying at Ohio State. Oh, yeah, I don't. I mean, he, he went into their, I think it's architecture, their yeah. master's program. So, yeah, he's not going. 
I don't think he's going anywhere. The next question is the next set of guys. So it's obvious from the national championship game that Crowley in the minds of the coaches are, is ahead of steel. And that just of all times to give a guy his first naps of the season. Like I would, I, and I don't know what Steele's health was going into that. I don't know how many times he fumbled during bowl practice, but I would have liked to see Steele get more reps than Crowley. But I think this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. I think Crowley has better vision and can make more than what Steele can. Even though if you look at their stats, they're both like eight plus yards per carry for attempted Ohio State, which hasn't been a ton. Yeah, you know it's not a lot. I think I think um, Steele's right under eight, like seven point nine, and I'm pretty sure Crowley might be like nine yards per carry. No, yeah. um, but my question now is, if Mayan was able to travel with the team, does Crowley get his first snaps of the season? No, again? no, of course no. Mayan's getting those snaps. So has Mayan moved to himself that he's actually the one that's behind Teague? Well, I think Mayan does a lot of things that really impress people i mean he's not just a bowling ball he kind of reminds me and i've heard other people make the comparison to is it maurice jones drew just like they used to play for the jaguars you know real like small compact guy but it's just i mean obviously you know he takes the weight seriously like the guy is just a bowling ball but he has great lateral movement like he has good vision he sees when things open and he might not be able to get you know 40 yards like your Zeke could or your Trevion Henderson. But we saw him get what 15 on one against Clemson. Yeah. And he ran over yeah. their senior safety at the end of the play. Yeah, he's definitely um, you know, he kind of reminds me of, and I'd like to see him a little bit more. I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of him this year. Um, and I know we like to make fun of him for that last Ohio State Michigan game. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Mike Hart. I could uh, I could see that comparison. So um, like which was, I mean, Mike Hart was a great player, you know, for, you know, the most part in college. Um, so is Mayan now, but does, did Mayan pass those other two that if he would have been able to play, I mean, he's in. So is there any confidence? And I know Crowley has been hurt and stuff, but is there any confidence in the coaching staff that, you know, that in Crowley and Steele right now? Um. I, I mean, I would say I, I would think Mayan and I think at the end of the day, when if you gave them, you know, more snaps, each of them, I think Mayan is a better running back than Steel Chambers is. So I do think he's ahead of Steel on the depth chart and obviously Steel has some fumbling issues as well. Um, but I mean, it seemed like he got put in the doghouse real bad for that. Well, who was the final one? Was it Rutgers early in the season? Yeah. Yeah. So. It seemed like he got in the doghouse real bad, never got himself out of it. Mayan went in front of him. I think Mayan's going to stay in front of him because Mayan looked good with the opportunities he had. I know it was only 10 carries, but you got to make the most of the little chances you have. Um, Crowley's good enough that I think he can come back and still compete with Mayan. I think Crowley still has a lot of confidence on the team. They just knew that he wasn't healthy. Now, I wouldn't say, though, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, if practice looks how some of the games looked, does mine have a chance then to jump over master Teague? Yeah, that's, that's a question there. So do they have confidence in mine being the starting running back? But, and this is where I'm getting. So if they feel, if they already, and maybe in the mental, in the minds of these coaches, mine's already possibly in front of both those other two. So yeah, we've already talked about Teague's deficiencies and part of those are 
the coaching don't some of the coaches don't call the I don't think they necessarily call the right place for him. Some of the things are just things he's limited in that his skill set just doesn't offer. And you just don't you don't usually see if vision's been a problem for three years or two years, you know, you usually don't just see it like clicking in another year, you know? Yeah. So, and the, this is kind of where my mindset's going about the opener. So I think Mayans already passed the other two. I think Teague's got deficiencies that some of them are his deficiencies. And I shouldn't call them deficiencies. They're just, he has a different skill set that necessarily doesn't mesh with what the coaches want. I mean, just, he wants to run through people. And so this is why I could see Trevon starting if he has a good enough spring and a good enough summer that are they, did they, does Mayan bring the type of skills they want him to be the man in every aspect of where the ball is on the field? I mean, I don't know what Mayan's top end speeds like. He did run for over 5,000 yards in high school, though. So Mayan's a good running back, and he got himself in shape, too. Like, when he, he was a desperation recruit. I mean, they missed on every top guy they went after that year, and Mayan was a desperation guy. Yeah, I think I it was like their 10th running back they went to or something like that. So mine obviously was not choice one through nine when it comes to who Ohio State wanted on their team. I've only heard impressive things, though. The guy works out like crazy. He obviously on the field showed that, you know, he has wiggle vision, whatever you want to call it, that he can get. He can move laterally and he can get past the initial line of scrimmage and make some yards after that. Top end, is he as good as what Ohio State wants their top end guy to be? I don't know. I mean, I would think if you look at the film, Trevion Henderson is a better running back than Mayan Williams. Yeah. But Mayan does have that extra year working out with the team that he might be hard to jump. Yeah. Um, so and that's where I think where we come down to you. You talked about you think that you there's very easily a very easy spot for a four court a four running back room, but not a five running back. No. Room. Well, now where I think that you could have a five running back room is prior is, I mean, is prior even in the, in the thought process for this year, you know, are they going in with the complete mindset that they're redshirting him? If they have a couple of big time blowouts this year, like where, you know, they're right. 60 to 10 on somebody okay. and, you know, maybe where, you know, he can at least play how many games now. I mean, what is it for? Yeah. Uh, so before without breaking his red shirt. So I mean, if he gets in a couple games, he gets in a couple games. But then at that point, I think steals the odd man out. And you know, Crowley's if long as Crowley still wants to stay, you know, he's there. But if they have some thoughts where they want to play prior this year, you know, I I think Steele might be leaving. I mean, I don't like speculating so much on guys that are who are going to leave. I just think. Still could be one of those guys, but could probably be one of those guys. I don't think you know the two freshmen aren't leaving. Yeah. Mayan's basically a freshman too. He's not going anywhere. You know, and Teague has already begun his master's program and he seems content to wherever wherever this wherever his Ohio State football career is gonna end. That's yeah. where his Ohio State football career is gonna end. I mean, I'm sure he has aspirations of making a shot making a run at the league. But I think he feels confident that he can do that from Ohio state and doesn't need to go showcase himself anywhere else. I mean, that's just where I'm getting the mindset. So if Crowley comes back healthy and I think we might be getting into the spot now with him that he might be, if he's healthy this year, he might be like, well, 
maybe it's time for me to go show what I can do it somewhere else so I can make my yeah I mean because is he going to be able to show scouts NFL scouts at Ohio, from Ohio State's because I think in the mindset of the coaches I think to the two guys behind him the freshmen not prior that the with Mayan and Trevion the probably in the mindset they might already be in front of him well but i think there's room in a spring i mean i if you look at their film measurables you know intangibles i still think marcus crowley could be a better running back than Mayan Williams. yeah so i think there is room with a good spring that you know he could still get himself as number two on that depth chart or in the future next year behind trevion henderson um i just don't I don't know though. I have the same questions you do because I mean, he was if, a big time kid coming. If in, he so. realizes, you know, I'm this good right now, you know, maybe they need a running back in Miami or maybe they need a running back, you know, somewhere in the sec that I can start tomorrow and I can showcase how good I am for two years. And I don't have to split as many reps or I'm not going to get buried on a depth chart because, you know, unfortunately for me, I was unhealthy. A kid showed up. There was already a starter there. And now we got a stud or two coming in. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's very possible. I mean, I, like you, I don't want to speculate. Um, I do. I, I think Steele's definitely a man on the transfer list, though. Yeah. I think Crowley, I think they can. And I just I think, think they can get Crowley on board to stay. And but. I like, I mean, he does have fumbling issues. I like Steele Chambers. I, I when he comes in, he runs so hard. I'm very just, impressed with him. He's always ran hard. He's just sometimes when. He has to know when to go down, and you know I love the effort to fighting for the extra yards. If you're gonna do it, you make sure you gotta, every, have, you gotta have the awareness <laughs> about the ball too. Though yeah, you gotta have that thing tucked so hard against your uh, side of your body, yeah, um, that it can't get punched out. Um, so I I just think that you know he he's just to me he's definitely the guy that's getting buried on the depth chart, and I mean because I I think Mayans already passed him easily from the way the coaches seemed like they reacted last year. And I think these are now these two guys that they've brought in. These are the guys that they've recruited. And, you know, so they're there. I mean, even though Alford's been there for a while, so technically Alford recruited those guys too, but you know, these, this is Ryan day's team. Now these are guys that he approved on. And, you know, I mean, when you look at both uh, priors and Henderson's film, I mean, they're both phenomenal. And you just, what you see from Henderson is he's just has everything you want to be at an elite college football program yeah. with those skill sets so all right you get true three deep too and we're not talking like you know jk mike weber split like you know i i always said jk was ahead of mike weber on the depth chart for those years so give me a three deep all right who's starting who's backing him up who's taking garbage time or you know getting third next i think um right now game one game one I'm going to Trevian Henderson's your starter. Um, I think Mayan, I think there's two ways to look at it. I think Mayan Williams is the backup backup, but master Teague is your dude. That's going to get a lot of touchdowns. He is that guy. You get red zone, you get uh, the goal line where he's just going to be, he's going to be that pounded in for six back. Okay. And, um, that's what I think. And uh, because I, I think there's a lot of love for master in the program. They're going to want to keep him there. They're going to, they're going to want to give him his prestige. Um, but I just, I think uh, Trevion will prove that he's probably a better running back and probably should be the starter. Um, he's just going to have 
all the skill sets, all the boxes, uh, you know, checked mm-hmm. that is important. And I think they really like Mayan. And that's where I would say um, that that's my guys. Um, I think what Pryor does well at, um, he's still a year behind because you still have um, DeMario in the program. You still have some slot. How long is that guy going to be at Ohio State for? You still have some slot receivers in the program. There's there's some guys in there that can do a lot of that stuff, too. So I think that's another thing that's pushing that's going to push Pryor a little farther back. But. He's gonna be right up there next year. Yeah. At the, so that's just that's where I'm going. So I think. Um, so I don't know what happens with the with Crowley and. I was about to say, so with that prediction, then is there room this year for Marcus Crowley on the team? Mm-hmm. Would he? Should, at that, should he if, do that? If those three are your basically your top three guys, and Crowley is healthy, if I was him, giving him advice, I would be like, go go somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Because I would almost if I would probably tell Steele the same thing, but you know Steele might be content at that point that you know he wants to just graduate from Ohio State, and who knows? I mean, I'm not. I don't want to. Some people are content with that stuff. Some people aren't. It's right. Like, you know, it's you know I have a really good thing here. I'll get in when I get in, and you know, possibly you know some of these guys when you get farther into death chart some of them do leave because they want to go to the nfl that's the ultimate goal and some of them don't they just were like you know what i want a national championship and i think these guys can i would like to say that i'm a national champion i mean is is there a room and i know he wanted to play running back is there always that off chance that you can talk to steel chambers about taking his shot at linebacker. I mean, I know the room's going to get muddy again next year. Um, well, I mean, it all depends how these guys do this year, if they stay for the following yeah. year or not. I mean, we'll talk about linebackers uh, when we talk about yeah, linebackers, okay. but that room's pretty That room's pretty loaded too right Even now. Even after getting rid of four of them. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, and the way that they're recruiting, that it doesn't seem like that's going to be dropping off anytime soon. So, yeah, so that that would do I would so who would you what would you say you're I still want to say Teague and I know like and I just said all this stuff about the guy that like contradicts it I just don't see them going away from him in game one snap one so I still think Master Teague's going to be your starting running back backup I'm real interested about that because I think it's going to be Mayan is going to be number two Henderson's going to move his way up to three um I can't I can't see and the game film I saw if that guy is still healthy and I know like like I said he wasn't undersized coming in like he's up to game speed he's ready to go he's got a winter spring summer he's going to work with Mick work with the team I don't see how Henderson's not going to at least be a three deep running back in in game one and you know and that's probably And, and that's probably the smart mindset that you know let's we start off against a big 10 opponent. We have Oregon the following week, you know, make Teague your starter. But I think the eventual go, I think it's still to me. I think Henderson is going to show that he is a Maurice Claret, Beanie Wells guy and that he needs to be the starter. Yeah. Um, that's what I personally believe, but I could easily see yours that let's, let's make him the starter later in the year. If he can prove that he deserves to be that guy, um, but let's just play it safe to start off the year. And I mean, he's going to get reps against the ones. Yeah, I think you're sure get, he's going to get snaps in those games against and, you know, first team defenses. And I just think that um, if the coaching mindset this year was that Trey Sermon was the guy that ran the offense better than Master Teague, well, I think 
Trevion Henderson is a million times, you know, <laughs> probably better than, I mean, I won't want to say better, but whatever your Trey vision, had a great year, whatever your visions of Trey Sermon though, I think that guy has a much higher ceiling to it. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like we said, he would have been the number one player in the country 15, 20 years. Yeah. Ago. So that's, and that's where I'm going. And I just think, and I don't think my end has that skill set. I don't think, uh, I just don't think top end. I think Mayan's perfect to give, you know, give a quick spell. Well, you can you can put Mayan for Mayan a couple series of touchdowns. And Mayan's the type of guy that's just gonna because Ohio State's, I mean, they always talk about 250, 250. Ohio State from Trussell to Urban Meyer to even Ryan Day, they love when they can get their running game at that 300 yard mark, because when they get that running game at the 300 yard mark and their, in their passing game is above 250, they are really, really happy because that's 600 yards off. That's usually a win. And it's very, been very few times when it's not a win. And, and, you know, and Trussell's my Trussell was, if you could get to the passing game to more to 200, I mean, I think, their thought process now is more 250, but they like that running game 300 plus. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mayan Williams is going to be a guy. I mean, if that dude can get you between 50 and 75 yards a game, maybe six, you know, right? Yeah. You know, and just keep Trevion, you know, give him the breathers when he needs it. And then, you know, you just put Master Teague down when he needs to plow people over for, you know, a goal line stand. You know, maybe it's fourth and one. You can't and, stop the guy on the goal line. You know, you know, I think that's the perfect combination that they're looking at. And that's just where I'm going. I could see your thought process where let's play it safe for the first couple of games. We know that Trevian will get in. Let's see what he does against real, uh, competition outside the competition he's going up against in practice, even though. The competition he's going to go up against practice is better than the, that competition right. you know, for mean, the most part. Uh, but let's see how he does in real game situations. And if he's midway through the season, if he's ready to be the dude, we'll make him the dude. And, uh, you know, definitely an interesting conversation. I can't wait to see how it shakes out. But you know. I mean, I think one thing that you and I can both agree on, there is still a place, even if football is evolving, how it is, you know, quick passes, pass first. There's still a place in football for a dominant run game. There is. I mean, you see what the, I mean, even the, I mean, in the NFL, I mean, we're Browns fans. I mean, you see what the Browns, I mean, what, uh, how much, I mean, it just makes your, it makes your quarterback better. It just, it eases so many things on your thing. They could have competed with the chiefs in the super, I mean, competed with the Buccaneers in the super bowl. Probably it could have been maybe done better just because, you know, I mean, the Chiefs were a little, uh, I mean, it, it killed them that their, teeth, their tackles, tackles were out. out. I mean, yeah. that killed them. And, you know, with that defensive line. And, um, but, I mean, that is what it is. And I think the Buckeyes have proved, you know, it's, you know, Urban from Urban, Ryan Day, that they all love having a better running game than what you, maybe the future of football. Everybody says, you know, the football is going a different way, but, it still seems like the most successful teams are the teams that know how to tote the rock. And, they can do both, right? And because uh, even so, if Alabama did throw all over everybody, they had they had a nice little, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Najee Harris. Najee Harris could, is a pretty, uh, yeah, and uh, he 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 finished a lot of games this year for them, and um, so yeah. All right, so I think we'll uh, go out and on that. Um, we'll talk about receivers next week. Uh, 
we'll probably have a uh, some more specific stuff with spring because we'll start getting some reports now from spring yeah and well practice is it the 15th are we still a week away from spring practice yeah maybe so maybe we won't have a full um thing yet but we'll have a little bit more we'll of the receiver stuff um we will probably uh we will have we'll be into the big 10 tournament i don't know when it starts and finishes normally if, it used to finish on selection Sunday. I don't know if that's changed over the years. So, well, I don't know what COVID if it's changed or not. I think it it still finishes on selection Sunday normally, but yeah. so um, we'll see what happens with that. We'll have some ideas though. I mean, there's we'll see if Ohio State's still playing or not by the time our next. We show are still for, getting selection Sunday, right? Or yeah, it's so, not Monday because you know everything got like yeah pushed back a day. I mean, everybody all the radio and all the uh, TV announcers when I was watching the Iowa game, they were talking about selection Sunday. Okay. So, um, we know selection Sunday is coming up. Um, so, but we'll, we'll have a, the Illinois game will be behind us for next show. Plus we'll, we'll probably be within the big 10 tournament. We might have a, a round or two down by the time uh, we do the next show. So might be going into the championship game, who knows? Yeah, so, um, we'll discuss all that stuff on the next episode. So let's get on out of here. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for coming out today to the Buckeye bar. I'm John and I'm Mike. Oh, wait. I owe.